Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash thevulnerablescientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. So once you fin- finished your PhD, what, what's what's that feeling after you, you like you you have a doctor behind your name? Before your name. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely one of the the high highlights and and memories that I remember. And I remember smiling so much. Mm. I don't think I've ever had that ever since then that day. Mm. I smiled so much that so mm. I had muscle pain. Have you ever had that? Yeah, Where you can't yeah. smile anymore. <laughs> Yeah. That's how happy I was. I was like, and I was like, oh, it's hurting. I can't smile anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a good feeling. Yeah. Okay. So w- how did you save money to go backpacking? This is a question people don't ask, but I ask. Yeah, no. I mean, that's a great question. Uh, to be honest, I was not very good at saving money, but mm. I was lucky because the last six months of my PhD, I did a so-called wrap-up postdoc. Mm-hmm. Because officially my PhD was over, but I still had like a few months to finish up the project. Mm. So officially, they're not allowed to then pay you a PhD salary. So mm. they started paying me a postdoc salary, which mm. is like almost double. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I had been living on a PhD salary for mm. three years and now all of a sudden I had the double. So it mm. became easy for me to save half of that salary mm. for for those last months. And I was able to use that money to go traveling. Mm. So once mm. you said... Then you came back to find a job through networking. What was that? Can you just take us through after that? Yeah, well, again, I I realized that we are not trained Mm. in career development. Mm. Absolutely. Like people are clueless, Mm. really. And I was so clueless about how do you find a job? Mm. How do you communicate your skills. I mean, how do you even figure out what your skills are? Because your skills is not just a degree. It's mm. not like here's a PhD. That's not your skills. Mm. So I I was, I felt like I was, um, when I came back from my trip, it was uh, 2008 and it was the financial crisis. Mm. And everybody was saying there aren't any jobs. There aren't any jobs. It was impossible to find a job. Mm. And I even started applying for waitressing. You know, I just needed money. I was like, mm. hey, you know, I'm willing to do whatever, whatever mm. job. I mm. need money. I wouldn't even get those jobs. Mm. I'm like, oh my God, I felt so useless. (laughs) So then I started just talking to my friends. You know, I was just so sad and depressed and I can't find a job and what's going on. And we're in Europe. I mean, you would think here there's a good job market. So when I went to visit my friends back in Germany, so I had moved back to Sweden, back to my family's place because Mm. I was unemployed with no money. Mm. And I visited my friends. And then somebody there from my former institute said, well, actually, there is this project management position, and I think you would be a great fit. You're very good with people. You're social. You're creative. I think you could you could do this. Mm. So that's basically how it happened. 
very smoothly. I, you know, I barely had to apply. I just had a Zoom call with with the the professor, mm. and he's like, "Yeah, I like you. You're hired." And then I got the job. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, do you I think like the them. recommendation played a part? Huge, mm. and it does. If somebody says today, "No, I'm just gonna send these CVs," no, please don't do that. For several reasons. I mean, first of all. It's kind of like you committing to a long-term relationship without even knowing the person. Like, who would move in with somebody? Would you guys move in with somebody if you don't even know the person? And this is the same thing what people do with jobs. They Mm. apply to these companies based on an ad. This is kind of like moving in with somebody based on an ad. They posted, (laughs) like, yeah, I'm moving in with this guy in New York. I, oh I saw this God. ad and it looks really nice. He seems like a nice guy. I mean, does that make sense to you, Sam? <laughs> oh my, I've never looked at it like <laughs> Who does that? Nobody would do that when it comes to dating. Yeah. But when it comes to jobs, guess how much time we spend working in our lifetime? In our lifetime, we're going to spend 70% of our time working. That's way mm. more time than we spend with our partners, with, mm. our, with our kids. Most of our time goes to work. And time is probably the most precious thing we have in our life. Most precious. We don't get it back. So how can we just like throw that away and go like apply to these random companies and positions? We don't know the people. We don't know the boss. We don't know the culture. We don't really know much about these places Mm -hmm. besides the ad. And maybe if we do a little bit of research on the website. But if anybody has ever had a real job after they've studied, they know that ads and website do not tell you the whole truth, right? Yeah. It, it doesn't. So that is why if you really want to land a job that is fulfilling and that you feel I'm going to fit in, I mm. want to stay there long term, mm. you want to network, you want to talk to people who work there, you want to talk to people who have worked there before because they will probably give you the whole truth since they have nothing to lose. They left the company. Mm. People who work there might still not tell you everything in case, you know, the boss is an idiot and they're mm. not going to tell you. The boss mm. is an idiot. Don't come here. Mm. So that's why talking to people is so important. And this could be uncomfortable. I know that a lot of people that I coach tell me, what do you mean I should go and reach out to total strangers? Mm. I'm like, yeah, this is how me and Sarah met. We were total strangers, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're not. Yeah. (laughs) So just do that. Get on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is an amazing platform to connect Mm. with people in all fields all over the world. And believe it or not, most people are kind and they want to help. Mm. And they're willing to help. Mm. If you ask, I would love to have, you know, 20 minutes of your time. Can you tell me about your work and the company? Do that. And then you'll find out, is this a place I want to commit to? Mm. Mm. I love that analogy. I don't know. I'm still Mm. thinking about that analogy even now. Like, (laughs) why do we do that? Why have I been doing that myself? Yeah. I actually just came up with it. I love analogies, by the way. I think it's mm. funny. Yeah. Okay. Now you you lasted there for how long? The diabetes the project management position. Yeah, I mean that was a project based uh, position mm. because it was AU funded. So mm. the EU gives you this like 
a specific time frame. Mm. So that was anyway just for two years. But I remember during this this uh, job, mm. I had such a boring time. I mean, honestly, you know how when you drag yourself to work or you mm. wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I don't want to go to work. I hate this. Somebody shoot me, please. <laughs> It was like that for two years. I mean, mm -hmm. because I get bored easily if I'm not challenged, if I'm not growing, mm -hmm. I get so bored. Mm -hmm. And I was telling myself, I'd rather work as a waitress because then I at least get to meet people. There's mm -hmm. variety. So I ended up having this crazy idea during this time to open my own swing bar because that's one of my hobbies. Like if you're going to ask me, what's your hobby? It's mm -hmm. dancing. Mm -hmm. And I used to be obsessed with swing dancing and mm -hmm. I would travel all over the world on weekends. Mm -hmm. Well, not the world, Europe. I would go to different countries in Europe mm -hmm. to go to swing festivals. Mm -hmm. and, and that was kind of my 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 drug to get this endorphin and dopamine to compensate for the boring job on the weekends. Mm. I would travel, dance, have a lot of fun, so I could put up with the boring job. Mm. But then I got so obsessed with dancing. So I, one day I had this idea, I'm just going to do this full time. Like This is going to be my next career. Mm. And my idea was to open a bar, mm -hmm. a swing bar, to mm. have live jazz music and in classes and it would be like going back in the days to Harlem you know people would enter the bar and you just feel like you're in the 30s mm. so but then I realized I have zero experience in mm. running a bar I have no idea what it's like so I ended up working in the evenings and on the weekends in a bar as a waitress for three to four months next to my project management position mm -hmm. so if somebody's wondering I'm I'm curious about this next career and I don't have any idea. You know, why not try it out like I did? I had like a full-time project management job. Mm. But I, I spent my weekends and evenings waitressing in a bar to get a feeling, what is it like to run a bar? And then Thank after you. these three, four months, I was Sorry. like, no way, it's too hard. <laughs> Sorry, let me interrupt you. Could you repeat what you just said? What I said is like, if you're considering another career that is very different and you mm. don't have an idea what that career is like, mm. dip your feet in the water. Mm. You don't have to jump straight into the cold water and you've never tried it before. So that could be doing an internship or getting a part-time job or working remotely or, mm. you know, something similar to what I did. Mm -hmm. And you will get that experience and then you'll find out whether this is what you want or not. Yeah. So you did it for three months after four months then you're like I think then I was like yeah no 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 no. I was like running a bar oh my god it's so hard work you mm. you you close the bar you know three four five in the morning it's, you're exhausted you're dealing with drunk people I'm like mm. no way mm. but I was still very passionate about the dancing mm. so I decided then that's it I'll just do dancing I'm not gonna do a bar mm. so I moved to Berlin after this project management position was over I moved mm. to Berlin mm. And I, I registered my company as a freelancer, mm. as a dancer, dance teacher, event manager. And I basically did that full time for almost two years in Berlin. You were running your own thing. My own thing. So I would hire like a room in a dance studio that mm. already existed. Mm. And then I would advertise on social media. I created a website and I started advertising dance classes. And then... It grew. Yeah. Tell me about that marketing part. How how was mm -hmm. that for you, you know, 
having to do all these things on your own and learning how to do them and successfully doing them. This is where I want people to understand that our superpower as scientists, mm. guess what it is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the superpower I use to go from scientist, project manager to dancer and like running my own business. Project management. It's learning. Where our superpower is learning. Mm-hmm. We are able to learn, and I realized that over and over, whatever career I transition to, I am able to learn like, bum, bum, bum. Like, mm. you know, we're so used to processing a lot of information mm. and extract the important stuff mm-hmm. and connect the dots. Mm. So, you know, what it is I need to do? How do I do this? How mm. do I apply that? What's mm. not working? Mm. Okay, let me tweak this. Let me adjust that. What, mm. What's the variable that need, needs to change? And remember, you only change one variable at a time. So, you know, what's working, what's not working, right? Yeah. So... For me, that was definitely the the insight I learned from doing all of these different careers is like my superpower and all of our superpowers mm-hmm. is learning because that's what we're trained in. Okay. So if we're okay with doing that, like, you know, starting, you're never really starting from scratch. You know, a lot of people say, I'm starting from scratch. No, mm-hmm. you're starting from scratch and learning the technical aspect of the new field. Mm. But your abilities are not from scratch. Mm. Your abilities are with you. They're like this toolbox you carry with you. Mm. you. You don't lose the toolbox. But where you apply the toolbox, that's where it's new. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That yeah. analogy? Yeah. The newness is where you apply the tools, but the mm. tools are with you. Yeah. So I apply these tools when I was learning marketing. I was like, okay, let me go on social media and see what works, what doesn't work. Is Mm. it Facebook? Is it uh, Twitter? Is it doing live events? Is it uh, doing taster classes? Like what's going to work? And I would just experiment. How has that influenced your career now? Because you're still in business. Oh, yeah. So technically, Mm. that business was a failure because it wasn't sustainable financially right Mm. so I had an amazing time I learned so much I grew as a person Mm. I got to travel I even got to travel to other countries to teach Mm. at festivals I was on tv and I was on radio and I was hanging hanging backstage with these cool musicians and Mm. getting like free food and drinks you name it I mean it it almost felt like being like a little celebrity Celebrity. Mm. it was so much fun so from that point of view it was a huge success the Mm. experience But when it comes to the business aspect, it was a failure because I wasn't able to keep the money cash flow sustainable. So Mm. towards the end of it, I was struggling every month. Like, oh my God, am I going to be able to pay my bills? Like, I don't have enough students or I don't have enough gigs coming Mm. up. Mm. So that's why I decided to quit because I felt it was too stressful. But having had that experience, already run a business way back then that helped me so much this time around because I learned from those mistakes mm-hmm. I learned what is it what I should do what I shouldn't do when it comes to the business and so, what's most important okay so what did you do after the two years where did you go to yeah so while I was being a dance teacher I realized that I love teaching, teaching. Okay. and already as a PhD student I realized that because as soon as uh, I was asked, can you teach master students? Or there, there are these high school kids coming. Can you talk to them about mm. being a scientist? Mm. I would light up. You know, mm. like when people just light up. 
Uh, I would be like shining and like mm. super happy and like, yes, please. I would love to teach them. Mm. And those are the clues. If somebody's asking, I don't know what to do after, or I don't know what it is that I should be doing. Notice what lights you up. Yeah. What, what raises your energy, mm. you know, where you just get so excited mm. or maybe the things that are so easy when you do them, time just flies. You know, yeah. oh, one hour passed and I'm still like working on this PowerPoint because mm. I love doing PowerPoint mm. slides. Mm. So just notice. And those are clues. So for me, I already knew I love teaching, mm. but I didn't want to go back to university to study again to become a teacher. I'm like, no way. I did a PhD. I don't want to study again. Mm. And everybody told me, if you want to become a teacher, you need a teaching degree. You need a teaching certificate. You cannot just go into teaching. Mm-hmm. That is true partially. That's why I also want to tell people, you know, get advice, but do research. Mm-hmm. Don't just rely on people's advice because yeah. many times people's advice is inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I just listened to a few people telling me, no, you can't do that. You need a certificate. And then later on, I ended up realizing being a dance teacher, I love teaching. I love mm-hmm. it. And I thought, you know what? I should just go back and combine the two things that I love, science and teaching. teaching. So I applied with no experience. Listen to this, guys. No experience. Because I hear so many people saying, I don't have experience, so I cannot apply for the job. Apply anyway. No experience, no degree in teaching. I applied for a substitute position for six months. It was in German. My German was not that good oh in a high God. school uh-huh. with like grades, the worst age group ever, teenagers from mm. grade seven to grade 10. You know, the hormones are going crazy. Yeah. So imagine you don't speak the language properly. Mm. You're teaching physics, chemistry, biology, technology mm. in a language you don't master. Mm. And you're trying to manage 30 raging teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I can imagine. Ask me, how the hell did they hire me? I mean, you would think these guys are crazy. Mm -hmm. But I remember during the interview with my broken German, the principal was like, so why should we hire you? I mean, you don't have experience. Like, you don't, you've never worked as a teacher. I was like, but I love teaching. I love it. And and then I showed him that I do have experience. Say say it in German. Ich liebe Unterrichten. Ich liebe es. (laughs) this is my light and shaft it's my passion Um, yeah and he was like and he could see how passionate i was and i was because mm. i was convinced that this is what i want to do so that's another tip i want to give you i hope you guys are taking notes if you're Mm. listening to this podcast Mm. one tip when you're really passionate about something your enthusiasm Mm. compensates for the technical skills that are lacking because when when an employer sees that you burn for it you have the desire they'll be like she is going to learn whatever she needs to learn. She will learn it on the job. And Mm. that's why they gave me the job because Mm. I was like, you know what? I'm a scientist. I'm used to working like 60 hours a week. Easy. You know, if it's, it's going to take me weekends, evenings, Mm. I am in, I am fully in. I'll do Mm. whatever it takes to make this work. Mm -hmm. And he's like, fine. Okay. So they gave me the, they gave me the job. How long did you do it? Six months. So initially it was actually only three months substitute. Mm. But then they ended up extending it, extending it for another three months. So I got to, again, mm. try out. I got to try out the job mm. before I committed fully. Mm. 
So after these six months, I realized I actually do love teaching. And although I went through hell, I mean, many days I would go home crying from work, actually, because it's, it's hard to work with kids. Kids can be so cruel, really. But I still loved it because those moments when you would have a child that you see the light in their eyes when you teach them something and they get excited mm. about biology. Or I remember one class when we did microscopy on onions and oh my God, the kids, they got so excited about seeing the cells and they're mm. like, ah, this is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Those moments mm. were like worth gold for me as a teacher because I love mm. to see them get excited about a topic that I am excited about. Yeah. So I was like, that's it. I want to do this. So then this is what I did. I applied to become a teacher remotely. So you can do this actually. Mm. So I was studying for one and a half years remotely at a university while working as a teacher. What were you studying? To become a teacher. So I got, oh. I got a master in education because if you want to get a permanent position as a school teacher in mm. most countries, I know this might vary from country to country, yeah. but in Europe and Germany and Sweden, that's the case. You want a permanent position, you have to have a degree. You cannot just get a position if you're just a scientist, mm. right? Mm. So I said, okay, I'm going all in. So while I was working as a teacher in Germany, mm. I got my degree in education remotely. Okay. So again, this is a second example for a lot of people out there who are listening that you can do things on the side and you can always develop these skills. Mm. It's not either or. It's not this or that. You can do both. How are you funding it? Well, I was getting paid. I was working as a teacher. Mm-mm-mm. Part-time. I was working part-time as a teacher Mm-mm. so that I could study at the same time. So what happened after the one and a half years? Okay, in total two years of teaching. Okay, still teaching and... Yeah, I know now you guys are getting confused now with my career journey because it's a lot of jumping around. So Mm. after the swing dancing, I did the science teaching, right? Mm. Now I stuck to that career for four years. Mm -hmm. But I studied for one and a half years. Yeah. So after my de- uh, after I got my graduation, I moved back to Sweden, mm. and then I worked in Sweden in a private school. Then I changed and I moved to a public school. So mm. I tried both public and private schools in two countries, in Germany and Sweden. Mm. Mm-hmm. And four years as into being a teacher, I realized this is not my place. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes... Again, this is another lesson I think is valuable to share. Mm. That sometimes you don't really know until mm. you've tried it. Yeah. You can do the research. You can do an internship. You mm. can do a part-time job. Mm. But it's maybe not until you've done it for real. Like, mm. And for me, it took four years to do it. Mm. That I was like, the educational system is so broken mm. that I was... I felt like I was swimming against the current, you mm. know, like you're swimming and swimming and trying so hard to, to achieve something and change that you want to create. But the current is like coming towards you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And I felt I was the only one trying to do things differently, be innovative, like get the kids to do like TED Talks and mm -hmm. grow their own veggies. Like I had so many ideas of how we can evolve as teachers. Mm -hmm. But then I wasn't getting that support. Like people were lazy or people were like, well, we've been doing this, this for 30 years. Why change it? It works. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Like, because we can evolve, we can mm. learn, we can mm. improve things. Mm. So I realized that's not the environment I want to be in. Do you and think that's the scientist in you that was doing that? Totally, mm. totally. I, that's why I tell you, once a scientist, always a scientist. Mm. Because you're always looking for ways to improve things. You're not going to settle with what's working. You're going to be like, what can we do different? How can we improve this? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Uh-huh. So after that, you're like, okay, so no, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. But then again, I, w I felt, and I know some people can re totally resonate with this mm -hmm. feeling. I felt like I was back to being the clueless PhD student again, or like a clueless student. I'm like, now what? What mm -hmm. do I do now? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a PhD. I tried dancing, project management. Oh, I went back and I studied to become a teacher, but... That wasn't the thing for me. And I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do now? But during this time, when I was actually being a teacher, I went through probably the darkest times of my personal life. So I was around my mid-30s. Mm. And I remember sitting alone in my one-bedroom apartment outside of Stockholm. And I just burst down. Like, I broke down just crying. Mm. Like, uncontrollably. And I was like... And I didn't have an explanation. I just felt this overwhelm of, of pain and just frustration. Everything was just coming out. And I would talk to my mom and my friends. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. What's wrong with me? I'm just so unhappy. But there is nothing okay. in my life mm. that I can pinpoint that is causing this unhappiness. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, I was on the verge of burnouts. Like, I wasn't sleeping. I was having back pain. I was constantly bitter. I was being like a real bitch towards my students as a teacher. And I was oh, like, man. this is not me. Like, I don't recognize myself anymore. So it's sometimes good to go through these phases because, um, you know, we can learn lessons in life the hard way. Or sometimes we learn it by the nice way. But many times it's the hard way, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that was one of those phases. And... At the same time, there was a refugee crisis going on. So this is 2016. Mm -hmm. And I was watching the news and seeing children drowning and mothers crying. And and like that was even making me even more depressed. And I felt like, oh, my God, here I am, like worrying. What am I crying about? Like there are people who have real problems out there. And I'm sitting here crying like I want to do something to help these people. So because I'm actually a native Arab speaker, I thought, oh, I can help them. I can go there and help these refugees. Mm -hmm. So I quit my job as a science teacher in Sweden. And I signed up with an NGO, a Swedish NGO, that was helping people there in the field in Greece. Mm -hmm. So all these refugees that were coming in the sea from Turkey, crossing over to Greece, they were landing in these camps. And I went there and I spent... Initially, I was only supposed to stay one month, but mm -hmm. then I just couldn't leave. Mm. I couldn't leave. So I ended up staying for three months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And this was another one of these turning points because when you see people going through these horrific things, you know, you have like a little kid telling you, yeah, my daddy drowned or I lost my brother or a mother, you know, tells a story seeing her son being shot in front of her. I mean, it's horrific, horrific things. You cannot imagine human beings going through these things, right? Mm. I felt like I wanted to do something, first of all, about my own pain because I realized the reason why I was going there because I was having so much pain and I thought that if I go and help other people pain my pain will disappear yeah you know that one you know when you try to focus uh. on other people so you don't have to deal with your shit yeah exactly that's what I did so I think this is where the song I told you about mm. is the perfect message so I'm gonna sing to you and, and you Sarah if you want to sing with me sing I, don't I want know to sing with lyrics. you. Tell, let, yeah. tell me that I title. I want to search. Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I love this song ever since I was a kid. And I learned this. This is the main message I learned from being in the refugee camp. Let's sing it for you. And then we'll, we'll talk about the message. Okay. Better. Why are we starting? In the f- I'm gonna make a change. Something. Yeah. I don't even Go to the chorus. To the chorus. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Oh, you're there. You found it. Yeah. Okay. Here we go, guys. This is a free show for you from Amani and Sarah. This was not rehearsed. <laughs> so excuse us if it's not perfectly synchronized. Yeah. One, two, and here we go. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could have been any clearer. If you want to make a change, wait, wait. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change. So I'm starting with the man in the mirror, which that is me, right? Yes. And I'm asking to change. I'm asking that man who is me to change his ways. Mm. No message could have been clearer. If you want to make the world a better place. Take a look at the server, then make a change. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. It is so profound. I tell you, Michael's lyrics. So that's that's the message I learned. Hi. I'm glad that you're still here. The, conversa- the conversation still continues as Amani still uh, explains her journey into becoming a career coach for scientists and PhD um, graduates and uh, at, at this point she was still um, explaining her before and after and during um, her PhD and uh, I decided to split it because it was a bit of a longer episode and uh, I hope you get to hear the, the f- second part of part two in the third episode tomorrow. Also on that note, you can also go to successbeyondthelab.com uh, and uh, 
get free stuff that you can use to up your career. You can also go to her social medias, the, the LinkedIn page, and reach out to her if you need help with anything. And if you can also sign up for the free um, coaching session that is on 15th September this uh, year, that uh, 2022, and uh, hope you enjoy that.